Chris just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sand Productions production. Welcome to the Autism Warriors podcast, episode 15, Pennsylvania Senate Bill 549, Child Abuse in Schools. Our website is autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our Twitter is sayitprods. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash autismwarriors and facebook.com backslash sayitproductions. Our voicemail is 813 813- 915-6390. We can also be found on iTunes. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. We're here live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern at sayproductions.com backslash live. We respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or medications. My name is Erica Plord, and I'm the mother to two children on the spectrum, Cassidy 9 and Garrett 7. I'd like to introduce my co-host, Pamela Mari. Hi, Pam. Hi. Did you say co-host or I said co-guest? co-host. <laughs> I said co-host. Okay. Oh, like I'd be offended. Um, my name is Pam Mari. I am mom to Joey, who is 13 years of age, and he also is on the autism spectrum. Well, last week, I forgot to mention that we had comments from John LeSure of The Whack uh, that our show is a great show and that I should keep my quote-unquote guest, Pam, on the show. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I called Pam a guest instead of a co-host. That's so. okay. John can call me anything he wants, and so can you, <laughs> okay. you know. I'm so not offended. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we'd shoot right to the resources. I found three resources in my journeys today. One of them is Autism Education Services for Children, the law. And you can find these um, resources in our show notes um, uh, once the show is up on the website. Um, The one, where'd it go here? I have them in order. Uh, It just basically gives you information about Section 504, information about IDEA, questions and answers about special education programs, programs for children ages 3 to 21, or programs for children under 5. They have a glossary of terms um, used in special ed, parents' record keeping, and I think that says LII or L2, Education Law and Overview. Um, thought that was a pretty good resource for, you know, parents in dealing with special education. Then I found a website called Skills for Autism. It's an innovative web-based tool providing everything educators, including parents, teachers, and professionals, need to effectively design and manage a comprehensive individualized treatment program for children with autism and related disorders. The tool does cost money. For parents, it's $75 a month for one child and $25 for each additional child. I didn't, you could sign up at no obligation. I didn't even bother, but um, you know, you'll be able to find that in the show notes, the link for that. Then I happened upon, um, and it's called Autism Spectrum Quarterly Magazine. It's your gold standard autism resource, a publication with a concept and mission so unique that they had to coin a brand new term to describe it. The Autism Spectrum Quarterly MAGA Journal combines the best of both worlds, the readability and interest of a magazine with the substance and depth of a professional journal. And it has a one-year subscription is $29.95. And I'm pleased to say that about five years ago, I had an article in that magazine. You did? Yes. I wrote an article about my book, Curvy Herbie and Straight Nate. And at that time, it was a single publication by a young lady, um, I cannot remember her name, but she was going it alone. And it's a beautiful, glossy-covered magazine. And we were featured in the magazine with one of the gentlemen that was part of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Awesome. So, yeah, it was kind of (laughs) cool. 
<laughs> so it is a good magazine. A lot of the input comes directly from parents. It's submissions from families with folks on the spectrum. So it's not all written by therapists or doctors or researchers. You know, it's it's real input from real families. Wow, that's awesome. Well, tonight's topic is Pennsylvania Senate Bill 549, Child Abuse in Schools. And tonight's guest is Michelle Stilson. Is it Gillespie? Gillespie? Gillespie. Gillespie. That's what I thought. Okay. Like Dizzy Gillespie. Of that's York. Perfect. Of York, Pennsylvania, mother to three children. You have three children on the spectrum? I do. Okay. And Michelle is with us tonight to discover to discuss her involvement in the support of Pennsylvania Senate Bill 549, which deal, deals with child abuse by school employees. Um, currently, Pennsylvania law, and correct me if I'm wrong, Michelle, currently Pennsylvania law provides that if there is a case of intentional harm against the student in which the alleged perpetrator is a school employee, it is not considered child abuse unless it rises to the level of serious bodily injury, which is equivalent to the loss of a limb or an organ that stops functioning, sexual abuse or sexual exploitation. Now, Michelle, your son Stevie was injured while at school, and you're here, and we invited you here to elaborate on that situation and to explain the importance of the upcoming legislation. If you could tell us about your sons on the spectrum, that'd be great. Um, well, our twins just turned seven, May 13th. At the time of the head injury, Stevie was five. Both are nonverbal, so obviously they can't communicate to us what happened. Um, they both have mitochondrial myopathy, so they're they're not like your typical autistic child. I, and that sounds horrible, but they're slow. Um, they don't really run. They tire easily, so they have medical issues as well as the autism. Oh, okay. Um, now, what about your other other son? Is it a son or a daughter? I have a daughter who will be 20 in July, and she has pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified, um, along with a hearing loss, sensorineural hearing loss. Oh, wow. And then I have a 16-year-old who's typical... 16-year-old son who's typical. Wow. Wow. So you, you've had your hands full. Yeah. It's definitely to say the least. Yeah. Full-time job. Definitely. And, uh, Erica, Michelle's little boy, or, or both of them, Michelle, have the EE, EED, EEG. Can you tell us about that? Stephen was diagnosed in late 09 with eosinophilic esophagitis. It's an autoimmune disease where the body attacks itself when what the, what the body thinks is poison, certain foods. In Stevie's case, it's pretty much all foods. He has three approved snacks, and he's currently, all his nutrition currently comes from a special formula, EO28 Splash. So he oh. has quite a bit going on. And then wow. his twin is going to be scoped in June because he's showing he's been showing the same symptoms. He has all the same multiple food allergies, environmental allergies. So yes, they again they have pretty extensive medical issues on top of the autism. The reason I I ask you to, to talk about that, Michelle, is so that folks that listen understand that these children they have autism. They're nonverbal, correct? Yes, and they have intense medical conditions that don't go away during the day when they're in school. No. You know, so this is the situation that these children are functioning under and then Michelle will tell us what happened. Wow. Wow. Um, now, Michelle, would you explain the incident involving your son at school and how this brought you to support PA Senate Bill 549? Well, ironically... Around the same time of that incident, within a week, Senator Fontana brought this bill out again. Apparently, that was the second year that he brought the bill to forefront. It's had numerous numbers at this point because they keep shooting it down. Why, I don't know. 
And just a little background information, there are no federal laws currently that protect our children in the school system anywhere, which I think is horrific because as a parent, if you sent your child to school with bruises, a broken arm, black eyes, etc., Child Protective Services would be at your door. Your kid would be in foster care. You would be in jail, and it would be guilty before proven innocent. Yeah, because... Yeah. So now it's a state-to-state thing. So, Um, Michelle, can you... Are you at liberty to say what happened? You sent Stevie to school in the morning, and then what happened on that day? I received a phone call on February 4th stating that Stevie had fallen. And, you know, you as a parent, you're like, okay. (laughs) And I was like, you know, what would you like me to do? And they're like, well, we need you to come pick him up. And I'm like, okay, is he bleeding? And they're like, no, but we need you to come in and pick him up. So I had Sam go home on the van, the regular school van, took my 15-year-old at the time. Um, When we got there, I was like, oh, my God, what have you done? Abused my son. Because, I mean, it was that significant. It wasn't a goose egg. It was far beyond a goose egg and far beyond anything I've ever seen. I mean, we have seven children between my husband and I. None of them have ever looked like that. Wow. It was pretty horrific. I took them directly to the pediatrician because I had no idea what I was dealing with. Because with our children with autism... Sustaining any kind of head injury can magnify their already neurological issues. So it was like, you know, I need to get them to the pediatrician so that way we can determine what needs to be done of, you know, any kind of testing, MRI, CAT scan, X-ray, you know, so forth. So right after school, and, and again, you're looking at, and even the doctors, the mainstream medical field don't understand. If you have a child who has sensory issues that are, and I get these two wrong, one's hyper, one's hypo, but he has under sensory issues. Like as soon as he got in the van and he knew he was going and he was back on a routine of some sort, he was fine. You know, laughing and giggling, his head swelling up. It's enormous, but he was fine because he wasn't feeling that pain. And I guess part of it was because of the soft tissue swelling as well. But when you, you know, when I got to the pediatrician, they're like, oh, he's okay. You know, they're looking at him and he looks horrible, but yet he's not screaming and crying because he's not feeling the pain at this point. And that's the hard part about autism. Whereas like his twin, forget it. My goodness, he could just, you know, scrape his knee and he's crying for six hours. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, that's the difference in the sensory processing disorder you've got you know like ones to the right and ones to the left of the far extreme so then as the evening went on one of the other kids had an appointment I took them back in the swelling again was 10 times worse so we spent probably 15 minutes going over what supposedly happened and again I have two different stories from the school I have all the internal memos because we hired an attorney at that point just to get them on a private placement. And the pediatrician said there's just no way it happened the way they have it written down. Friday morning he woke up. He was out of sorts. It was like he didn't know where he was. He was very quiet. You're looking at a very stimmy kid. I mean, he gets up. You can tell he's up. He's banging on the wall. He's stimming. He's doing his verbal hum. We always say his motor's running. Nothing. We go to feed him. He's way too calm. Called the pediatrician. I'm like, I'm taking him down to Baltimore to the hospital to have a CAT scan or something. He needs to be seen. This is not my child. They ruled out fracture, ruled out hemorrhage. I come home, you know, he's still not the same. Saturday, the crying begins. The swelling starts going down. He has black eyes forming. I go on the internet, thank God for the internet. I research and it comes out that he's got raccoon eyes, which is, what do you call it? Um, That's what happens when you have a significant head injury. 
Um, it wasn't black eyes. There were raccoon eyes. It was just around the inside of the corners and underneath. Well, the swelling as it went down, then he started feeling the pain. And then from Saturday on, it was nonstop screaming. So Monday morning, I'm back at the pediatrician's office. The pediatrician says to me that his head injury is equivalent to someone taking a baseball bat with blunt force trauma to the head. Oh, wow. Then I lost it. And I was like, there's no way I'm sending either one of them back to school. None. Talk to the school. I let them know when an emergency meeting. So the next day, the 10th, they tell me to be in at such and such time with or without me. They're having this meeting. I go in. We have this meeting I did not want the aide that was supposedly with my children at the time there at all. Because honestly, I think I would have lost it then. And, I, you know, I remained composed and everything. And several times I asked to view the videotape because they have videotapes in York County and the school system. In the hallways, not in the classrooms. But they still have videotapes and it supposedly happened in the hallway. Well, I left the meeting, took him to the neurologist in Baltimore, which is, he's been seeing them since they were two, and he said it appeared as if he had been thrown into a brick wall head first. So, of course, the more you take, you know, the more you hear from a specialist or the pediatrician, what their observation is, the more angry you get because you've got nothing to go by. The original story was, is that they were walking with the aide down the hallway Apparently, the personal care assistant was absent yet once again. Well, as they were walking down the hallway, Stevie supposedly tripped over the back of Sam's shoe or his heel and then fell on top of Sam. But in reality, Sam would have hit the head. Sam would have hit the floor first, not Stevie. So those were the those were the things that we were looking at. There's no way it could have happened that way. His fingers had what appeared to be burns on them. The one finger had ripped skin. Ooh. Then the book bag was ripped. One of the straps. Again, we have no idea. I mean, honestly, if you look at it from the neurologist's point of view, it almost seems like he was swung into a wall because of the book bag being ripped. And... The aide supposedly grabbed Stevie's jacket, which was supposed to be zipped up to his neck. Had she done that, then he would have had a mark around the neck from the coat. Because at the time, it was February, it was cold. There was no mark on his neck. So that couldn't have happened the way they said it. Now, later down the road, we find out that there was supposedly... Somebody in the hallway that saw it, and she claims that he was just walking and fell. So that's the second story. Now, when we go back to the ninth, when I or the tenth, when I requested that video several times, I did not know this because nobody told me this. But that day, the principal and the teacher, after they told me it could take days, and mind you, back on February, back on February tenth. We had that big snowstorm last year. It was horrible. Well, they told me it could take days if it was even still available. That day, they both viewed that videotape. On the 15th, I received an email from the teacher asking me if Stevie's twin's coming back. I replied, by any chance have you gotten the videotape? I would like to view it. I hear nothing. On the 22nd, the principal sends me an email lets me know that she viewed the videotape and sends me three still photos still photos of absolutely nothing. You can't make out a thing in these still photos. Hmm. So all this time, they've got this information, and I've got nothing. And our school district had nothing either. They were not in contact with our school district. My director of special ed for our school district never once knew about that videotape being viewed. They didn't invite her, which I find appalling. Yeah. Then Michelle, 
sorry, Michelle found out after the fact then that it had been erased. Fifteen days later. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. And I don't know. I don't get why the district manager was not or what was not invited to that meeting. That's what that's what I don't get. And at one point, don't they always have to have someone from the district at every meeting? Well, apparently not. This is this is a quote from one of the memos. Looking for advice on how to respond. And if I'm the one that should be responding. And then she says, we basically need to tell mom that we don't have a videotape to share. But that blank and I did watch it before it was taped over. That we don't have the capacity to record it if we wanted to. That it looks like the event happened as it was reported. That the tape was not truly clear enough where you actually see the fall. That we have a few pics that really don't show much. But in the meantime, we discovered an eyewitness who saw the event happen as it, as it was reported. All seems quite weak, but it is what it is. That's from an internal memo. It is what it is. They're that- like... Brushing it off to the side, yep, and and oh well, you know that kind of attitude. I don't like that, that kind of attitude. That was from the principal. Hmm. So then, Michelle, you find yourself in a position where, according to the law as it is now, what did the attorneys tell you? What do you have a case? You have nothing. There, I mean, I have absolutely nothing because of how the stand because of how the law stands these teachers aides anybody that works within the school system it could be the janitor it could be anybody anybody that's on that school property in that school system that wears a school ID badge is exempt from child abuse until they pass this law that's why it's so important no attorney will take it they told me that the burden of proof is on me which is absolutely ridiculous, especially when I have memos that are very clear. They seem very clear, like they're trying to cover something up. Nobody was held accountable. Nobody, there was no responsibility taken by that district at all. So now, Michelle, what is different about the new bill versus what we have now that will be to the betterment of of kids what wording what what is in it that will change from what it is now well the reintroduction to legislation would amend the child protective services portion of the domestic relations code which means it would provide that child abuse is investigated in the same manner for every report regardless of the perpetrator so that means regardless if you're a school employee that would have had to been reported and investigated. Now, when we reported it to the police department here, and mind you, we are from Maryland. We lived in Maryland until four years ago. When we reported it to the local, I don't know what you want to call it. It's not really a police department up here, but when we reported it to them, they gave me to a detective. That detective never once came to our home, took pictures, looked at my son, nothing. I had to badger him and I finally said, forget this. He didn't take us seriously. He didn't care that my husband was a a police officer. Things here in Pennsylvania are much different. Honestly, in the state of Maryland, my son's face would have been plastered all over the news and somebody would have been held accountable. It would have been taken very seriously. Because it is what it is, you know, it is what it is. It is child abuse. We don't know what happened, but he couldn't have fallen. At 45 pounds at the time and about 45 inches tall, you can't just walk and fall and have that kind of head injury. No. No. It doesn't sound as such. And we need to make school personnel responsible and held accountable for what goes on at school. Honestly, if something like that happens and they find them to be guilty and they find out what truly happened, that person shouldn't be teaching children, especially nonverbal children. Exactly. It's unbelievable. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. So, Michelle, what do you ask of parents to do to help with the passage of this law, what what is the best thing to do to advocate for this? 
where does it stand now? Is it, I'm pretty politically ignorant, but I mean, is it on the floor? Is it up for vote or what's the status of it? This morning it passed out of committee unanimously. But however, the committee consideration of the bill means that it can now go to appropriations if necessary for a fiscal note and can go before the full Senate for a vote. Now, from what Amy Senate, what from what Amy Down said from Senator Fontana's office, and Senator Fontana has been at this for four years. God bless him. I mean, he really wants to get this bill passed to make school personnel or school employees held accountable. And as she put it, it's a long ways off as our focus on the budget right now. Everybody's focus is on the budget right now, but still, it's an important thing to take into consideration because these are our children. So what would you want folks to do, Michelle? I know you have a YouTube video up. If folks want to go and see your little boy and hear the story again through the video, I know you have a Facebook page dedicated to this in addition to your own personal page. And I noticed that you also have a link to, is there another coalition, Pennsylvania, against child abuse or something of that nature that, that also is a large group in the state that supports this? I actually sent them the video and the information. I mean, at this point, we still need parents, and I mean, we need every parent and PA to put pressure on their local senator. Like, I, you know, I thank my Senator Wall, my local senator, Senator Wall, because he did co-sponsor this bill with Senator Fontana. There were several but he's in my district, and I went and talked to him back at something different, actually, um, when I went up to Harrisburg to the Capitol with my daughter. And I got to tell you, they do listen. I mean, you just have to talk to them. They do listen. And that's what we need. You know, everybody's got to write their senators, say, look, this is an important bill. Um, if they've got a story they want to tell, you know, I mean, it's. It's discerning to know that if we as parents did that, we would be held accountable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Because this, that happened to me with my daughter um, last year. I, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. Um, last year, I, you know, nudged her with my foot and my toenail caught her and did like this little superficial scratch. I mean, didn't even really break the skin. Well, she went to the nurse the next day and said, I need a Band-Aid. I have a scratch on my leg. And when the nurse asked her why she had a scratch on her leg, she said, because my mommy kicked me. DCF got called on me and showed up that day. (laughs) 45-day review of of my parenting skills. And of course, they, they... they dropped the case, but still. Oh, my God. you yeah. got to be kidding me. You know, they're mandated reporters. They, you know, they, I don't, uh, but whatever. The, the, even the, even the uh, DCF worker was like, I don't think you full, full on soccer kicked your daughter. He said that to me the first day. He said, you're a very good mother. I think I'm going to drop this case, but I got to run it by my supervisor first. But still. If I can be held, if I have to be held accountable for child abuse, then why not a school employee? And I agree. I mean, there was a case in Lackawanna County where I want to say it was Larry Moran. He was the attorney that handled it. And it was a school teacher abusing, it was the NLIU, I'm thinking Northeastern LIU district maybe. This was just a year or two ago, and it was not just one. It was several. They were being pinched, tied, hit, kicked. Oh and this is, in the state, this is in the state of PA. Well, because it was several parents that came and got together, and somehow I don't know what evidence they had to support it, but they did win. But, I mean, you're looking at a group versus me being one person with my son, even though I have, you know, plenty of pictures and, you know, he's seen two neurologists, a psychologist, his pediatrician. He started shredding paper like you wouldn't believe after the incident. We couldn't leave mail out. We had bills disappear because he's ripping all this paper. Took him to a psychologist. Well, 
what psychology do you do on a child who's nonverbal, who can't draw, who, you know, can't play? I mean, it's not like you could have a dollhouse and say, okay, well, let's pretend this is me and this is you and what happened? Well, he can't pretend. So what kind of psychology is there for a child who is on the autism spectrum? And how do you take away his fears of what happened to him? For a long time, he was aggressive towards his twin. And the only thing the psychologist could come up with is it was due to his twin was there. And he must have felt like his twin didn't do anything to protect him. Mm. Because we know that Sam couldn't push Stevie, not with that amount of force. And the third neurologist was with, who was with Hershey Medical Concussion Clinic he said that it appeared as if Stevie had been dropped from six feet midair. So again, wow. we have three doctors. We know that he merely did not fall. And this bill has to pass. And unfortunately, in four years, it has been watered down. I could not tell you the exact wording over four years ago, but I can tell you that it's been watered down because nobody wants to pass the bill. It's like they're passing the buck. Like they're trying to protect the teachers. I mean, well, it might have to do with the teachers' union, but you know what? It's like they need to get over themselves because these are our children, and our children will be scarred for life because we're entrusting our child into somebody else's care, and we don't know these people. I mean, honestly, do they give us backgrounds on these teachers? Do we know what qualifications they have to care for our children? No. If you went and you interviewed child child care services, um, babysitter, daycare, whatever, you would get a list of what kind of background they had. We have no idea what the school per you know what background the school personnel has. I'm sure that they do criminal background checks, but hello, um, some cases have gone unreported. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Michelle, I'd like to thank you for being on the show and telling us your story. I mean, I really do hope that that bill gets passed. It's important. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It's always Th nice to hear. Oh, go ahead, Pam. No, I was just going to say thank you, Michelle. And uh, through Facebook and and YouTube, we'll try to garner as much support for you as we can, telling uh, parents to write to their, their senators here in the state since I'm in the state of Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, I'm sure that you'll be available to explain if they need explanation as to, to what happened. But it's all there. Like I said, Michelle has a link to the video showing her son and telling what happened and why it's important on her Facebook. And it takes you right to YouTube so you can watch the video. Great. And thanks thanks for coming on tonight. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Well, you take care now, Michelle. You too. Good night. Good night. Well, now we're on to random news stories. Yeah. Do we need anything after that? That's, I'm telling you, that's, it's, that's it's scary. That, that is scary and unbelievable. I mean, I saw, because I've had Michelle on my friends list for a while uh -huh. and I saw I saw the pictures they were horrific yeah unbelievable really? scary things they they're nonverbal so they can't say mommy this happened or you know and plus all the other uh, health issues that they have I mean she has got her hands full just to keep these children alive to tell you the truth I mean with uh, intestinal problems and the feeding, they're fed by feeding tube. I mean, come on, give me a break. And then you take something that helpless and and possibly abuse it. I mean, it's it's just sad. It you is know. extremely sad. So what do you got for random news? Or what do I have for random news? You have the U.S. rates of autism and ADHD. Oh, yeah, just, just what we want to hear. But uh, I just found it interesting, another article on the U.S. rates of autism and ADHD continue to rise. And basically, it tells about a recent study, and this was done by the CDC. I don't know how you feel about the CDC. But uh, it's kind of difficult to interpret uh, because 
this study included all developmental disabilities, including, like I said, autism, ADHD, uh, cerebral palsy, hearing loss, seizures, blindness, and it brings us out to a one in six. One child in six currently has a developmental disability. Wow. Yeah, pretty, pretty That's interesting. That's a big number. That's a big number. Yeah, but again, it has a big, it has a broad scope. I mean, you're talking about everything from autism to blindness to seizure disorder, hearing loss, um, you know, but just the whole group, anybody that could be considered to have a quote unquote developmental disability, our, our figures currently are one in six. Wow. Yeah. So that's why it kind of hit me in the face there. Yeah. Well, to lighten the mood. Okay. <laughs> I found a story. Um, it's out of Missouri, and it says Rock Bridges Michael Wang transforms social struggles into strength. His fingers nervously tap out a rhythm on a plastic table. He anxiously twists the silver cross engraved ring on his right hand. But Michael Wang's wide grin, punctuated by a dimple on the right side, tells another story. I'm smiling at the, at the thought of being crowned, he said. For Wang, being elected court-warming king this year by classmates at Rockbridge High School was a public victory over lifelong challenges he faces because of autism. Being crowned court-warming king shows people with autism can have special gifts, Wang said. People with autism can change things. Wang, 18, a Rockbridge senior, has struggled with pervasive anxiety and other autism-related characteristics since he was a toddler. But through hard work and the support of family, friends, teachers, and his faith, Wang has learned to cope with the things that used to hold him back. As a junior, he was chosen for Rockbridge's Bruin of My Life Award, which honors the year's most influential student. Autism is basically a disability that many people have, he said. Along with a disability comes a variety of gifts. For me, my gifts are socializing and dancing and making people feel good about themselves. And you could find that uh, link to that article in our show notes. Um, I also found another article, Yoga Creates Calm for Children with Autism. It's out of Coconut Creek, Florida. Autistic children who have trouble relaxing are finding peace through pretzel and Superman. These yoga poses and a dozen others performed in sequence each day at Coconut Creek Elementary School offer students in the school's autism classes a way to calm themselves when the stresses of life, such as loud noises in the cafeteria, bright classroom lights, or a skin knee agitate them. It helps me when my back hurts, said River Sartler 10. We lay down on our mats and close our eyes. And that link link to the rest of the article can also be found in our show notes. Um, That's cool. That might be interesting. I'd like to observe something like that. Yeah. I mean, to, you know, having their sensory issues and they can go and just, you know, calm down by doing some yoga. That's pretty cool. Now, this one's out of Australia. It says, go ahead for Northern School for Autism's new campus. Preston's Northern School for Autism has been given the green light to re to build a $13 million purpose-built, $13 million purpose-built school in Reservoir. Principal Anna Rigoni said the school community was thrilled to receive an additional $3 million in the state budget to move forward the building after the $10 million allocated last year fell short. It's a big relief, Ms. Rigoni said. This will mean we can afford to build our new school building to completion. The Tyler Street School has been full at 100 students since 200, 2009, forcing families to seek other options. The new campus on the site of the old Burbank Primary School will increase its capacity to 144 students. The school will cater for students from prep to year 12. And you could find the link to the, the rest of that story in our show notes. But, you know, I thought we'd do some feel-good stories after, you know... Our talk with Michelle because I knew we'd need some feel good stories. So how That's was your week? True. Well, to be honest, I can't even remember what we did last week. 
when I went to fill in my part, I was like, my God, I can't remember what, what did we do? Uh, and then I had to think, okay, we went to the, our local chapter of the autism society picnic. They call it the sensory picnic and they have it every year and they work all year on it and they plan all year for it. And it's, it's kind of our, one of our big events basically for, for the children in the society that have autism and it rained. That was one of those rainy Sundays that we just got over. Oh, I mean, yeah. it rained and it rained and it rained and we're driving there and it's pouring like crazy, you know. So we get there and they always have these inflatables, like I call them bouncy houses, mm-hmm. you know, the bouncy things. And so they had a bouncy slide and they have a bouncy house and they have a bouncy obstacle course. But when we got there, they were all deflated <laughs> Oh, because the drive from where we live over to where the picnic was, the, the storm was traveling. So as we were driving through it, they were anticipating it coming when we got there. And they're like, oh, man, we're deflating these things, you know. So we walk up and Joey's like, oh, the bouncy houses are all flat, you know. And, and we're like, okay, okay, we just kind of have to hang out here until, you know, until the, the thunder stops or whatever and they're going to blow them up again. So then they – and I had seen this on the agenda, the flyer that we put out every year for the picnic, that they were going to have a balloon launch. Well, the previous years, I don't know if it was whatever time we got the picnic or what, we always managed to miss it. Well, this year we didn't miss it. And here everybody comes with all their balloons and big bunches of balloons, and they go down over the grassy knoll, and they count down from 10. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to let these things go and he's going to have a fissy, hissy fit. And darn if he didn't, he saw like 100 balloons going up in the air. And to him, that's like your typical kid. You know, I lost my balloon. You know, only now it's 100 of them. And I was oh, like, my goodness. oh, crap. You know, and here he stands holding on to his, you know, like for dear life. Oh, my God, they're floating away. He says they're floating up. We have to get a rocket. We have to get a space rocket and go up and get them. And, you know, you start to scramble for consolation lines like, uh, yeah, okay, we'll get a rocket. We'll fly up there. And then you stick one arm out and you grab something. You know, you feel like an idiot. But you're trying to come up with anything so they don't have like a full-fledged balloon release meltdown, you know. So he kind of got over the balloon thing. And I thought, you stupid jerk, why didn't you time your getting here to avoid the balloon release? But it, it wasn't like a time frame agenda, you know. Yeah. So then by that time, they decided to blow the bouncy houses back up. And, and that, you know, we got to do that a little bit. But because of the weather, a lot of people had left. And we didn't really get to take advantage of the horse rides or things like that. So it's just kind of a weather situation. But at least we went. He was very upset, but he he got over it. Um, one thing I thought of that happened last week, and this this has always been something hard for him that we work on, is you know um, the the use of the term because or answering why questions. Okay, you mm-hmm. know he'll say, "I'm sad. Why? Why are you sad, Joey? I don't know. You know there, there well there has to be a reason." I am sad because, you know, I'll give him the prompt because to try and, you know, I'm sad because somebody took my pencil or what have you. And the other day we're in the car and my air conditioning hasn't worked for years. So we got the windows down. It's hot, you know, and he's got his DVD thingy in the back and he's listening to it. And he says, Mom, shut the window, shut the window. And I'm like, Joey, it's hot in here. Shut the window, shut the window. And I said, why? And I I really didn't expect an answer. But he said, because it's loud outside. Wow. And I was like, okay, you know, autopilot, mm-hmm, shut the window. All right, you gave me a great reason. So I was like, yes, because he's saying the traffic noise, that noise is bothering me. I can't watch my DVD. Shut the window. I'm like, okay, cool. This is so cool, you know. Like, so I have to, uh, yeah, yeah, finally, after how many years, you know, an answer to the because, but I was happy about that, so. And other than that, now we're home with the stomach flu, which has just been a real treat since Sunday. And we we went to the doctors today, and thank God we didn't have a meltdown there. I had to tell the doctor, don't say, stick out, don't say, eh, because that is like, oh, my God, such a trigger. Just that sound, eh, you know, so I have to tell the doctors, just say open wide, you know, or something. Don't do the A sound. So we've been off for two days now and probably, probably again tomorrow. So mommy's ready for her. Mommy's desperate for respite. 
<laughs> to give our, our friend uh, Tanya a plug, I'm desperate for respite, or at least I will be by Friday. <laughs> so how was your week? Well, um, was, I, I have a hard time remembering, too. But Garrett's doing well. He went to his second individual therapy session, and we played a game called the Talking, Feeling, Doing Game. He did very well. A general idea of how well Garrett is doing, he has been on green for nearly two weeks. No yellow, no orange, no red. He's been on green for two weeks. He comes home happy off the bus. Okay. He's not really giving me a hard time. Well, you know, he has like maybe one or two days for the last two weeks has given me a hard time about getting on the bus in the morning. He's like, okay. okay, mom, I got my backpack. I'm like, okay, who are you and what have you done with my child? That's okay. I want this therapist on the show, whoever she is. That's what I want. She's awesome. <laughs> She's awesome. Um, he's felt a little under the weather the last few days. He has a cold and he was having the usual GI issues that he has, but it remedied itself last night. Um, Cassidy's doing great. We're having less and less tantrums and more and more quote unquote normal behavior. She's adapting well. Um, we can't wait until her awards banquet next week, next Wednesday. She's all excited. Ooh, I get a fancy meal. <laughs> I think you need to repeat what happened with that. I mean, I remember why she got it, but maybe well, you she want to wrote re- she wrote a wonderful essay about her therapist. It was called, and she had the the imp- the intent. In the assignment was to have the children um, come up with a helping hands hero. And she decided to write about her therapist. Hold on a second. And hands means hands around Green Hill School for positive choices. Hands is an acronym for having self-control, acting cooperatively, navigating safely, demonstrating responsibility and showing respect. And she wrote all about her therapist. So this was a school-wide project? It was a school-wide, it was a school-wide project. And each for each grade level, they picked out one winner. So like first grade, okay. grade so she, third grade. She won for all of fourth grade. Wow. Yep. Yep. So she's excited. We're excited. Um, got the tickets, paid for the tickets. We're all set to go. Who her gets ther- to go? Um, mom, my brother, mom, her brother, not my brother, Garrett's going to go. And her therapist is actually going to go. She said, I don't care if it's considered a conflict of interest. I'm going to this banquet. She said that right to her supervisor. Her supervisor was like, okay. I did get a phone call today. Um, remember how I told we were talking a couple weeks ago about the possibility of Garrett going for a psychiatric evaluation to see if yeah. maybe he needs on medication needs to be on medications. We have one on June fourth. We have an appointment on June fourteenth, and it's like an hour and a half. It's like from twelve thirty to two o'clock. An hour and a half long is this psychiatric evaluation for him wow that's that's gonna be fun he's gonna be like get me the hell out of here you know <laughs> like, just let me get out of here because i remember back um in 2000 june of 2009 i had to take him to a psychiatric evaluation for the social security um administration because they wanted to determine whether he was actually on the autism spectrum and um And he was deemed disabled by the Social Security Administration's psychiatrist as as having autism. So, you know, for a little while, not every month, but I did get a little bit of extra income uh, coming in just for him to, you know, spend for whatever his needs were or whatever. Um, So... You know, we'll see what happens at the Psyche Val. It's another, what, two weeks away? Two, three weeks away, something like that. Yeah, it'll so, be here before you know it. It'll be here before I know it, yep. Because here it is almost the end of May. It just seemed like May started just like 
yesterday. But that's pretty much how our week went. We didn't have a whole heck of a lot of, we had a whole heck of a lot of rain. Whole lot of rain. Um, With something that I'm going to talk on another podcast, we had our, uh, I'll talk about it in more in depth in on the other podcast, but our apartment was broken into on Friday and the kids' PlayStation was taken and all their games and they were really disappointed. But I haven't heard them complain about it or anything. They just know it's they just know it's not that's their outlet. (laughs) But I'd like to thank you again, Pam, for being on the show. My pleasure, as always. It's it's really quiet here. I guess I shouldn't complain. I know. I don't I haven't heard anything. I know. Well we'll announce what we'll be talking about next week during the week. Um But once again, you could find us on our website at autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our Twitter is sayitprods. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash autismwarriors and facebook.com backslash sayitproductions. Our voicemail, as always, is 813-915-6390. We can also be found on iTunes. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. If you go to sayitproductions.com and click on the donate button, you can look and see all the ways in which you can donate to the show to keep it up and running. Catch us live at 8 p.m. every Tuesday night. Um, Closing, yeah, thanks for listening to the Autism Warriors podcast. See you next week.